Let's fucking do it. Good afternoon, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between. Uh, my name is Brett, and welcome to The List, a new sports podcast. On the other end of the tin cannon string is my co-host, uh, the man with the connections, the new age, you can call him the new age, Adam Schefter, the new Ian Rappaport, the Adrian Wojnarowski if you want to go NBA. But we have Jordan. How are you doing this evening, Jordan? I'm doing well, but I think it's more like that dropping dimes 20 guy than it is one of the big wigs, huh? Yeah, fair enough. And of course, we also have the mix master himself, Zach Jackson, running and producing this show. Um, as I said, everybody, welcome to the first episode of The List. And this will be, as I said, a sports, co- sports podcast. Um, now, why you are we already talking- can't speak. We've made it like... 45 seconds, and you're already fucking up. That's, that's how it goes, isn't it? Um, but anyway, why are we calling it The List? Well, as uh, some of you may know, most of you probably do not, um, most of us are in a Discord, and we all met years ago on Thin Heaven, which is one of, if not the, biggest dolphin pod, um, forums and fan sites on the internet. Zach, Zach, you're going to be cutting this, right? Because this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, we're all on for a ride. It's, it's all about the vibes tonight, guys. And it's <laughs> all, it's all going to go up, uphill from here. Um, but we started this Discord about two, three years ago now um, in the lead up to the 2020 draft. And Jordan, who was in that draft class? Uh, our boy Tua, exactly. and uh, and and another uh, quarterback named Justin Herbert, and we will get into that later. Uh, that's a teaser for people who don't know. Um, but as some of you may or may not know, the last couple of years there has been a bit of a debate on who is better. And last year there was quite a long debate on if Tua Tungavaloa was actually good or not. Well, as a lot of you guys saw, Tua started playing, pardon my friends, he started playing really fucking well. And during that time, one of our Discord members, actually the one who created the Discord, who uh, goes by the name Silver, a.k.a. uh, McNiblitz, as he likes to be called, um, he made a list while he was working, of Tua haters and shared it on our Discord. And it was a pretty extensive list. And he asked one of us to tweet out the list to see if we can get, it, can get a little traction going. And we did the second time. Uh, the first time I tweeted it, nobody really paid attention. Second time, one of our other Discord members decided to tag Big Cat on the list, because he had used, used to be on the list, and for those who don't know, Big Cat is part of, pardon my take, uh, part of the Barstool Sports Network. And Big Cat retweeted the tweet, and it got a lot of traction. 
Kyle Van Noy was on the list. He responded. Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network and Locked On Dolphins was on the list. Erroneously, but he was still on the list. He reacted to it and actually joined our Discord. And he's still in the Discord today. Shout out Ben uh, Albright. Ben Albright was on the list. Um, he did not appreciate that too much. Uh, that did not go over well, but it was very humorous to watch on Twitter. And uh, Keyshawn Johnson of ESPN fame was on the list. And the best part about that is on his old show with Max Kellerman, one morning while I was getting ready for work, I hear my Twitter handle read on ESPN Air. So to say the list got a little bit of a, a fame is a bit of an understatement. So we decided with this podcast we were going to honor the original Tua Haters list. And we are going to be calling this podcast the list. And we will also be adding members to that list because the hate doesn't stop even after Tua does well, does it, Jordan? No, it does not. We even added a, a name to the list today that I hope we're going to get to on this podcast. But, I mean, I don't, I don't get why we can't just all get along and all love Tua and understand that he's going to win a Super Bowl. And that is the hope. But, yeah, and um, we are going to be focusing mostly on the Dolphins. Uh, as said, most of us, we all came together. We are Dolphins fans. But we all come from different areas. We all love different sports. Um, we are going to focus on the Vice City, of course, because most people in this Discord and who will probably listen to this podcast love the Dolphins. They love the Hurricanes. I don't know why they love the Hurricanes, but that's a different discussion. Um, can I, can I bring a little UCF night talk to this podcast? Is that possible for once? You absolutely can. I don't know why you'd want to talk about it because I've seen their records the last couple of years, but we absolutely can discuss it's the last the, national championship that a team in Florida's won. Fair enough. Uh, hey, I'm a Michigan fan. I've had nothing but heartbreak the last two years. Uh, actually, a little longer than two years. When did Charles Woodson graduate? That was probably the last time I had a... You're beginning to age year. yourself. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I was still like in elementary school back then. Um, but we also got a certain Argentine soccer player that's also in Miami, so, and I've played soccer most of my life, so we will also eventually dab into that, the world's greatest game. Um, but for and, the next- Brett, let me, let me tell you, I've been a soccer fan now for about a month. Pretty <laughs> fun game. Pretty fun game. This, this messy guy is pretty good at it. He, he's, uh, he's been known by a, by, uh, by a few names, and uh, one of them is the GOAT. Uh, so, we will, pat, we will cross that road down the down in the future, but for the next couple months, I hope you all join Jordan and I on this journey as we talk. Beloved Miami Dolphins. Um, and honestly, funny enough, Jordan, before we get into this topic, because um, we know last year was disappointing, we get to the playoffs, which was great, uh, but we get in, we don't have Tua. We have our third string rookie quarterback, Skylar Thompson. Um, and I almost wanted to play off of uh, the Hootie song. There they go, the Dolphins make me cry, just because that seems like historically in every year we end the year crying, or most of the year crying. But I do think this year we are looking at a different outcome, don't you? Yeah, but I will say last year playoffs, I, I told everybody if the Dolphins make the playoffs, I'm making sure I don't care who's playing, what it looks like. 
I'm ending up in that stadium. And I went to Buffalo. And shout out to all the people of Buffalo who were very, very, very nice to me until the Dolphins took the lead in the third quarter. They were extremely nice. And then the Dolphins took a lead, and I got to feel uh, what everybody says Buffalo is supposed to feel like. So shout out to the Bills fans who were sitting behind me, who I said, I will come see you next year. Um, and bet your ass that I'll be in Buffalo if we get back to the playoffs and see the Bills. Did you pull a Nikki Smokes and jump through a flaming table? No, I didn't. However, they've made some great food, and I should have ate before. I got a little too drunk and should have ate. And walking out of the stadium, I busted my ass on some snow. So uh, be careful walking in snow, people from Miami. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's go into the offseason. Of course, uh, the biggest change from last year this year, of course, is that defensive coordinator. And through the grapevine, Jordan, I had heard previously that Vic Fangio was actually the first choice Mike McDaniel last year for defensive coordinator for various reasons that didn't work out year later little year later than we want is it safe to say from what you've heard too Mike McDaniel did get the guy he always wanted oh Mike definitely got his guy I mean everybody that I've been talking to on um, everything I had heard um, was like you said for for more than a year um, Fangio was the guy that McDaniel wanted. Um, and I think that more than anything, um, Mike feels that bringing Vic in uh, will give him an, an opportunity to properly evaluate what he has in front of him on this team. Yeah, and the big thing last year, and I, I have nothing but respect for Josh Boyer, I think is, what was he here? Four, year, four years, right? Yeah, three years with Flo, four, and then a year with Mike McDaniel. I think aside from last year, if you look at what he was given, especially in the secondary, he made some chicken salad out of chicken shit. Aside from uh, our uh, former first-round pick, Noah Igbahagami, who is now with the Dallas Cowboys, I think you look at everybody he's, he's had to deal with. He's put some very good secondaries in his time with Miami, or at least maybe not very good, but performing above expectations. Um, but last year, just like... I don't know if it was injuries, but just nothing. It was a case of Murphy's Law, actually. Anything he could do and would do, would the worst thing would happen. Yeah, and, so. and I think that Boyer really was in a tough position because he was the holdover from the Flores era. Um, and I, I think it was difficult for him uh, to kind of make the adjustment. Um, and, and it was difficult for McDaniel, too, because McDaniel came in and didn't really, he didn't get to pick Boyer. Boyer was kind of given to him. Um, so I, I give props to them for making it to the playoffs and making um, something out of nothing. But at the same time, I think that it's better for both parties um, to kind of move their separate way and, and move forward with the direction that the team has right now. Absolutely. And to go along with uh, the Fangio, an underrated hire that we haven't talked about is former Dolphin safety. Ronaldo Hill left the San, the uh, I almost said San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers uh, defensive coordinator post to become the passing game coordinator for the Dolphins. Um, I'm excited about I'm excited about that move. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't think the Chargers defense was necessarily the best, aside from when they played us. Ironically enough, um, but. 
Hill is someone I've heard a lot of good things about through the grapevine when it comes to upcoming coaches. And I think it says a lot that he would rather, well, it says one of two things, either that he'd love to work uh, with Vic Fangio again and with Mike McDaniel, or he thought he was going to get fired um, from the Chargers. But I think um, those two hires definitely give everybody a reason to be excited about a defense that he would definitely hard to argue didn't underperform last year. Yeah. Anytime, like you said, you get a guy that's, that takes uh, an assistant role on a staff um, when he has opportunity to lead uh, a unit somewhere else. I mean, you take that uh, for what it is. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Coach Hill back in Miami. Um, But at the same time, this is the first time, at least that I can remember that you see coaches, players, everybody excited about being a Miami Dolphins fans I mean, everybody is just excited about what's going on in that building right now. Um, and this move by Coach Hill is is what you want to see. You want to see guys that grew up in the program, that grew up in the system, now that we're in a different level than we were, coming back and, and instilling knowledge on our young guys. And uh, to go along with that, um, one of our new additions is a move that I believe you broke in our Discord, and that is the uh, trade an acquisition of one Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I did not. I can't take credit for that one. I can take uh, credit for a lot, um, and we can get into that at a different time. But Jalen course. Ramsey, unfortunately, I was I was moving and I looked away from my phone for about four seconds and came back and and blew up uh, to the Dolphins just acquired Madden's top cornerback. Yeah, and of course that'll be big. Yes, he is out for a couple months. Well, a couple weeks. I don't know if he'll be out till December, like they're expecting. Take that back. Take it back. Not a couple months. We can't. A couple no, weeks. not a couple months. Okay, that's yeah. better. We'll say probably first month of the season. Probably six weeks is what I'd guess. Um, but looking at it, cornerback last year we we had a skeleton crew last year, but once everybody gets healthy, you have a Jalen Ramsey, you have Xavier Howard not playing with an injured groin all year. Uh, in theory, you have Nick Needham coming back from his Achilles. You have Cater Cahoo coming off of a surprising out-of-nowhere def- uh, rookie season. That out And you have our second-round pick, Cam Smith, who I know did get burned against Jacksonville, but... Um, He's definitely someone a lot of people are very high on down in Miami. Yeah, I think that that however you look at it, um, I think our corners are going to be an upgrade from last year. Um, Although Keon Crossan just got hurt, um, he wasn't somebody that I saw as somebody that was going to really make a difference on the team. Um, And you had guys like him and Justin Bethel, uh, who were mostly special teams guys for their whole career having to step up and start games and play significant time. I think just that fact alone, that they, that'll help our special teams, um, and that'll also help our defense. Yeah, I think the Monday Night Football game, two are returned. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our starting, our, three, our top three corners were Cater, Ethel, and Crossan. And we still beat the Steelers. We did, and that's the, probably the first and only time you'll ever see Iggy get an interception. Um, no disrespect to him, but I, man, like if he had if he had any luck, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have had any luck at all with us. Uh, so hopefully things go better for him. Just yeah, I wish him, I wish him nothing but the best in Dallas. 
Okay. And with that, uh, let's take our first commercial break from our first sponsor, The Fleshlight. Custom fleshlights have never been more possible now that you can easily mix and match colors, orifices, and textures such as the Destroya, the Heavenly, the Mini Lotus, and the Original. You're also given the option of topping off your order with some handy fleshlight accessories, including the drying machine, the shower mount, and the sleeve warmers. Head to your nearest checkout line now. Zach Jackson, everybody. <laughs> Our producer extraordinaire. We've been we've been a podcast for what twenty minutes now, ten minutes now, and we already have a sponsor. Shout out yeah. Zach. Shout out Fleshlights. Yeah, imagine if that really was our sponsor. That would uh, it is. What do you mean? You can't give the people the inside of the bit. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, to kind of go along with uh, what we were talking about with the defense, um. I was talking about biggest concerns, and it actually goes to some changes. And um, one of the bigger concerns we had with our defense, aside from health, which we'll get into that, that's the whole team, was linebacker. Um, and a definite underrated signing that I didn't see enough people talk about, and I think people are now starting to talk about because we saw him play a couple preseason games, is uh, David Long Jr. from Tennessee. Um, I remember him at West Virginia being a late rising uh, linebacker. Um, I was excited to get him, but I knew he was, like I said, health is always an issue for him. But I'm, exci- I'm excited for two reasons, uh, J- uh, Jordan. One, we don't have to see Alain and Roberts play linebacker. And two, we don't need to see Jerome Baker play as the Mike. And I was not a big Jerome Baker fan for multiple reasons coming out of the draft. One, he's Ohio State and I'm Michigan. Uh, so that's already a strike against him. Um, but he is not, he's not a Mike. He's definitely a C-ball, get, get ball type of player. And far too often when you have him read and react, it ends up poorly for our defense. Uh, the joke I always make is Jerome Baker will be one of the worst players in the NFL for the first month of the season. But then he'll end up making a, enough plays to tease you. I think getting David Long makes Jerome Baker probably go from a liability to, to an asset, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and Jerome, no offense to him, um, but he's somebody I considered one of the most overrated players on the team the last couple of years. Um, not for simply Michigan-Ohio State reasons. He's just somebody that, that I saw constantly overplaying and constantly not mi- or missing plays right when you needed him the most. Um, and I think that Getting David Long and, and the theme that that I see at least for this Fangio defense and for this season for the Dolphins is the ability to properly evaluate guys. And Jerome Baker is one of those guys. I think that we're by the time week ten, week eleven, week twelve rolls around, we're going to have a much clearer idea on where Jerome Baker fits on this defense and on this team than we do right now. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um. It's funny because everybody talks about like how he's such a great or like I feel like the reputation he has is he's such a great coverage linebacker. I've never seen that with him. I always feel like he's a step slow. He doesn't get his head he doesn't get his head turned around fast enough. Uh, what he does do well is attack the line of scrimmage and blitz, and I think David Long will let him do that um, and take less take uh, more of the responsibility away from him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this is going to definitely be an upgraded linebacker core. 
I think you're going to see Tyndall take another step forward. Uh, I think you're going to see Duke Riley not have to be um, a, a huge factor, which will allow him to get more comfortable and make plays. Um, and now we finally have depth on the defensive side of the ball. I know that that's something Fangio is worried about, and that's something that we don't necessarily feel we have because we're the Miami Dolphins. But I think at least at linebacker, we have some depth, and I think that that's going to help us um, a lot more than we anticipate. Yep. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm interested to see how uh, Tyndall develops because he was a he was someone who was on a very stacked Georgia defense. Um, you didn't really hear a lot about during that national title run. But then as the draft comes closer, you hear he might be the best of the bunch, which is saying something because that defense just, I think everybody and then like the top backups all got drafted by that uh, off of that defense in the last two years. Well, um, what, that, what that says to me is that he needs to be a part of a stack defense. And when you yep. give, give him the edge rushers that he's going to be playing next to, when you give him the defensive linemen he's going to play, be playing next to, when you give him the corners, when you give him the safeties, the guy that's going to be around him, it may allow him, similar to how you talked about Baker, allow him to just fly around and attack the ball, which may bring him back to those Georgia days and put him in a position to be successful. Yep, and I think we only saw him on like extend it one time. Was it the was it the second Buffalo game he got extended time, and then after like the one drive, yeah, he just disappeared. Um, go while we're on the defensive theme, um, something I will. I do want to bring up as another big get back. It's not really a, an acquisition. It's a return. Um, and it's a hill I will die on is our most underrated defensive player. And also probably our most crucial at times is Brandon Jones returning from, from AC, his ACL injury. So um, it, it's funny. You told me before we started here, a little, inside the bit for the people listening is you told me to put together a list of top five dolphins that nobody's really talking about that I think are going to break out this season. And I'm going to spoil it because we're already there. Brandon Jones is my X factor player for the dolphins this season. He's, I I mean, everybody that I talked to that was with Texas football back when he was there spoke the utmost, 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 just the nicest things you could hear about somebody they said about Brandon Jones. And I think he's a perfect compliment to Javon Holland in the secondary. Absolutely. And I, it's funny going back to the draft. I remember we all knew we needed a safety and the one guy we all talked about leading up to that was Ashton Davis from Cal. Uh, One, because our defensive back coach at the time was Gerald Alexander, who was the Cal defensive back coach. Um, Actually, that was the main reason. Um, and unfortunately, he went to the Jets. Now, So he sucks. He's a he, Jet. Unfortunately, uh, that might be why, because he hasn't been much. Um, but I remember us drafting Brandon Jones, and I just looked at the TV and was like, I have no idea who this guy is. Um, so I actually looked up film on Brandon Jones, and despite being at Texas, there was not a lot of film on him. Um, I believe he was injured his last year. Um, but the one film you could find was him versus LSU. And a lot of times they had him covering. I forget if it was, I think it, it was, it might've been Jamar Chase. It was either Chase or Jefferson, um, but they had him covering in the slot. And my first thought process was, okay, this is the role. They were expecting Minka Fitzpatrick to pay, play when we drafted him. Defenses have changed. 
but you need someone who can do those, the jack of all trades, maybe not master of none, maybe master of all, but he still allows you to get creative and he allows Javon Holland to really do what he does best and that's be a ball hawk. So Jones is definitely someone, and I, we were going to go over breakout players and we'll get to that in a second, but Jones is definitely someone um, I'm excited to have back on the team. Yeah, like I said, him and him and Javon Holland are a perfect complement to each other. And I think that with the addition of Deshaun Elliott, I think the three of them can play together. Um, and I know that's something that Fangio likes. I know that's something we're going to look into um, and talk about as the season progresses. But but we have a really, really uh, interesting safety room just because of all the different things that all three of those guys can do. Yeah, I agree. Um, of course, with all the... Uh... With all the positive, and anybody who knows me knows I'm positive. I'm all about the positive vibes. Um, all the good stuff going on. We got Tua back. We've got basically everybody back on offense except for a couple role players. Um, there are some things that maybe not negative about the team, but some concerns to have. Um, and to go along with that, the big one, of course, will be offensive line, in my opinion. Um, this is going to be – so I'm actually going to count this out, Jordan. So we had – I think we had two separate offensive line coaches under the last two years of Gase. Then we hire Flo, and he fires the offensive, offensive line coach a week into training camp. So that's three right there. And then we get a – Dave Giguliamo, or however you say his name, Coach Googs, as they like to call him. So we had him. So that's two and two months for Flo. So four in a two in a two-year span. Then we bring Chan Gailey's buddy from the Jets out of retirement. I forget. Jim Marshall, I believe his name was. So that's Steve five. Marshall. Steve Marshall. Sorry. That's how much it that's how many it's been. Well, then, I'm looking um, at the list now. There are a lot of them. Then, then we had Lim Pierre, who was not ready under Flo, so that was six. Last year, we had Matt Applebaum. Now, this year, we bring in uh, Coach Barry, who was fired midseason by Denver. So really, we've had eight offensive, different offensive line coaches, um, and that's concerning. Nah, uh... I count since the beginning of the 2012 season, I count 10 offensive line coaches. So 10 in 11 years. 11 years, yeah. And I would say we haven't had a good line since 2012. Um, actually, we might not. No, we, 2012 was the last year we had Jake Long. So that might have been the last good offensive line we had. Um. And yeah, and it's crazy for a team that, that made a history of pounding the football, running the football. I mean, you would think that at some point they'd be able to put five pieces together. But the, the three guarantees of being a Dolphins fan, death, taxes, and worrying about the offensive line. Yeah, and I do think the pieces are there. Like, but it's a lot of ifs. Like, if Armstead can stay healthy, he already got hurt. Um, if Connor Williams... At center, who's a great blocker, but if he can have a good snap, he's already having issues. Um, if Austin Jackson can 
develop at right tackle? Are we really going into year four expecting Austin Jackson to develop? Um, I mean, he, he did a good job developing his body. Um, and, and he did shout out to Austin Jackson for making a ton of changes on his body this offseason. Um, but, but I'm interested to see how that translates to the field. I mean, him, him having uh, an improved season, even him having an average season, if our offensive line can be middle of the pack, we're going to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Austin Jackson, just to go back to the draft, I remember that draft was, in theory, so deep at offensive line, and I was just going, I hope we don't get Austin Jackson. No disrespect to him, but if you watched his film, he was not a first-round offensive tackle. He wasn't a first-round offensive tackle, and he was a baby. He was a yeah. young, young, young kid who we were going to need to start from day one. It was, it was an impossible situation for him. Who missed a lot of time because he did a bone marrow transplant for his sister. Um, and Which just, is amazing. Yeah, great, great kid. Sounds like a great kid. Um, he actually started well his rookie year, but ever since that injury, it's been downhill. But it's been changing positions. Um, the point being that all the work, it's kind of, this is the fourth year we're expecting something from him. This is the third year we're expecting something from Liam Eikenberg, um, who it's fine. He's not, he hasn't been good, but I don't, I can't, I can't think of a player who gets as much hate as Eichenberg that I'm like, why is, why are people wasting time hating Eichenberg? He's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I just, it, it's funny because Austin Jackson, we kind of saw going in what his trajectory was going to be and kind of, we watched it, I believe, the year before was Andre Dillard in Philly. And I kind of saw them being picked in similar ranges um, as similar guys. Um, Liam Eichenberg, I mean, bless his soul. <laughs> I that, that, that's all I could say on him. I mean, he's just, he's just not it right now. And I think yeah. that we're at a point where we're so close to winning that we can't take a chance on a guy like that. Yeah. It, my thought process is between him well, and Robert Hunt, like, the only question I have about Robert Hunt is if we're going to be able to extend him or not. Um, I'm not optim like I hope we do, but I'm kind of not optimistic that we're going to have the money for that. Um, we have the money for anything right now. Like, can we order a pub sub at the at the facility? <laughs> what do we have the money for? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but then, like, just looking, I'm looking at between Eichenberg, um, Win, uh, Lester Cotton, even even uh, Lamb. Um, I look at those guys and I'm like, there's no way we can't make, you can't add any of those guys into the lineup and not get a competent five out there. Um, early sign, it is just preseason, but early signs, I've been more encouraged than discouraged. Always going to be a question until we see it. Well, I think something that's going to help, especially the tackles. Um, and I know that this was another one of your concerns that you've had for the Dolphins this season. But I think the tight end group that we have right now, coached by John Embry, I think that tight end group is going to help our offensive line more than we think. And I think they're a lot more um, put together based off our scheme and what we want in our tight ends, more so than having to play Gesicki most of the, the and Hunter Long last year. Um, th this is going to be a better fit. Um, and I think we're going to demand more support from our tight ends when it comes to helping our tackles. Yeah. I think my concern with the tight end group too is last year was probably the best tight end class in the draft in years. Honestly, probably since the 
the 2012 draft, I would say, which I believe that's the one that had like Jimmy Graham, Gronkowski, and all those guys in it. Dennis Pitta. Um, Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, but, you know, well, <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> but um, you're expecting us to take a tight end. And we kind of did. But it was and then, the round, and then we cut him, and he wasn't even a tight end; he was a wide receiver. Um, but Durham Smythe, I feel, is one of those weird players where people talk about how good of a blocker he is. I don't think he's a great inline blocker. I mean, he's a great lead blocker, like when you're doing a run play. Um, Tyler Croft is like, eh, and then that we have that. Small, small town, small school kid, Julian Hill, um, who I'm actually very, very high on. I think he's. I mean, we're we're just going through my whole list of of breakout players this, right now. Um, but Julian Hill is a guy that a couple times I saw him in the preseason, and he really stood out to me. And I think that the fact that we didn't try to stash him on the practice squad, the fact that we were comfortable enough to let go of Higgins, who we drafted all by late but we still trusted Hill over him. I, I think that that speaks volumes to Julian Hill's already early development. Yeah, Julian Hill is someone I didn't really know about and honestly didn't really pay attention to. I just assumed he was a camp body, but um, getting a chance to watch the uh, Houston preseason game, he, he stood out. I'm like, this is how'd this kid go to such a small school? Um, speaking of which, Jordan, if you, uh, talking about the Houston game, I don't know if you uh, watched it on NFL Network. They had the Houston... Uh, uh, play-by-play guys on, and if you listen to them, they are by far the deepest team in the NFL this year, um, <laughs> despite being probably one of the worst teams out there. No, I make sure during Dolphin preseason that I listen and support Goldie. I, I love him during Panther season, so when they tell me he's on the Dolphins pregame, that's, I'm going to make sure that's where I'm watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just like, I have never... I never wanted, I never muted someone so quick as I did, but like hearing how they thought that their defensive line was deeper than the Dolphins um, made me chuckle. Um, speaking of that, which, that tells to, me that you've never watched a Tampa Bay Rays game on Valley Sports because those guys, if you want Homer, the, the Tampa Bay's Rays play by play and color guy, those guys will tell you that every single pitch that's thrown to a Tampa Bay batter is a ball. Whether it's a ball or a strike, it's a ball. Yeah, I, I'm up in Pennsylvania, dude. So I got to listen to the Phillies, and uh, they're pretty, they're pretty big homers themselves. Um, so be glad you don't have to listen to that. Um, but to kind of go along with the last concern I have, um, it's health. Um, and the two biggest people are Tua and Armstead. Um, love Tua. I don't know at this point. I don't know what Tua can do to make any but to turn to haters. Like, if you're just hating on Tua now at this point, what, what are you even doing? Um, I love Tua the same way that I love my brothers. I mean, I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Tua um, and, and hope that not only does he succeed, but I hope he, the second he succeeds, as we start seeing with him gain this little edge, I hope he digs into our list come Super Bowl Sunday and calls out every single one of those people that have doubted him because the list has been long and Tua has taken more hate than almost any quarterback that I've seen in recent memory that's been successful. Now, quarterbacks that aren't good and that, that are not successful, yeah, they have haters. 
But for a guy that's had relative success, put in the situation that he's in, I mean, if you really dig into that Flores situation and what Tua went through, I mean, the fact that Tua is a leader of this team right now and is, is handling himself now the way he is makes you look back on that time. And, and I, I have no idea how people in the media dislike this guy. I mean, he is a sweet guy. He comes from a great family. And he's just a hard worker. And to, to come back from what he came from with his hip, come back from what he came from with his head, I mean, this guy has fought through so much adversity. And I think that, that he's the type of guy that, and I love the way Dolphin fans have embraced him, he's the type of guy that should get all the support in the world. Yeah, I, I agree. The only the only criticism I ever had as to as a player is that he needs to learn to play safer, not just protecting himself, but taking the checkdowns. Um, I think we can all agree. Last year, not only did he fall in love with having two of the fat, two of the if not the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL on his team, um, but Mike McDaniel did too, and we kind of got away a little bit too much from the running game. We got away too much from the tight ends. Um, Mike Yusecki not being able to block and Hunter Long not being able to do anything but block. And even that was kind of questionable. Um, Hunter Long blocked? Really? He, he graded out pretty well a couple times, according to uh, PFF. Uh, just saying. <laughs> well, I guess but, that uh, tells us what, what PFF rankings actually mean. True. That, that's a whole other discussion we can get into. And we can get into that once we start getting them in the regular season because there are some pretty funny ones. Um, but... I definitely, the one thing I did see this preseason that I do like is it does seem like they are um, making a concerted effort to add pieces in the short game and focus more in the short game. Um, not only do we draft Devin Chain, who I probably butchered his last name. A-Chain. A-Chain, um, out of Texas A&M to uh, help in the pass game because much as uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are, and even Salvan Ahmed are good in the running game, they're not the best receiving running backs. Um, we'll see what tight end goes. That's the one concern I have. Uh, but the one thing we didn't really have last year, and we'll, get, and we'll run this into someone who is on my list that no one really talks about, is adding, and he's a veteran, but adding Braxton Barrios as a slot and return man. I think will make a huge difference for Tua. Well, I think you're going to see Barrios run a lot of those routes that you would have a normal tight end run in offenses. I think he's going to be that safety blanket. I think he's going to be that extra weapon. And I think that, especially on passing downs, you'll see us take the tight end off the field um, and, and spread teams out with speed. Like you said, we have probably the fastest group of running backs. I think I saw a stat. We have the two fastest running backs in Madden and the two fastest receivers in Madden. And I, I think that Coach McDaniel is going to play to that strength. And, and especially on passing downs, Barrios is, is essentially going to be our de facto tiny tight end, if you, if you want to have it that way. And he's going to thrive in the red zone with Tua. Yep, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, the health, like I said, um, I will say this, knock on wood, if Tua, as long as if Tua does has to miss time, I do feel more comfortable with Mike White as the backup than I do Teddy Bridgewater. Um, oh, not and it's not even close. And God forbid something happens to Mike White. I think we all, although I don't think Skyler is is a long term answer. I think that we're all going to be more comfortable with him coming in in a spot situation for a game 
being that he started a couple games and started a playoff game on the road um, and almost beat the Bills. People yeah. forget. Yeah, no, it was close. And, of course, I would argue, because I believe that fourth down he missed, yes, he missed it. It was late. But if I remember correct, it was a fourth and one. We didn't have any timeouts, and one of the big problems we had last year was not getting to play in time. So I think people forget that an issue that was a concern all of last year actually bit us before Skyler did. Um, But, yeah, I was so excited when we signed Teddy. He was a guy I loved at college, and I'm like, I felt so bad when he, he tore up his knee. I thought he'd be a great backup, and I've never seen someone look so unmotivated to play as I did last year when I saw Teddy Bridgewater come in. Oh, the second he came in, you're like, let's see who's next. I mean, it, it, football is the type of sport where the guys who are not motivated and the guys who don't want to be out there, it, it, they stick out like a sore thumb. And I think, and I, I feel bad for Teddy, but that's what he was going through last year. I mean, he was happy to be home. He was happy to be in Miami, but it didn't seem on the field like he was very uh, motivated to be a Miami Dolphin. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he was, like you said, he was ho- happy to be home. And I think he was just there for the paycheck. Um, now, did he make the Lions roster? I think he did. Uh, let me check that real quick. It um, looks like it. Yeah, I think he changed to number seventeen. He yeah. went. He was number fifty for a little while there. He looked like a linebacker. Oh, he was number back. fifty, then went to seventeen, and is now number ten. Oh, so he okay. is on the Lions. Yeah. Well, now Stephen Gilmore. Nice. Uh, the uh, Stefan Gilmore's little brother. I, yeah, uh-huh. I saw someone po- say we should have drafted him, and I had no idea who he was. But good on him. Um, let's get back to the positive. And as we've kind of alluded to all, all show. One of the things I told you to come up with is come up with some breakout players. Um, we talked about Brandon Jones. We talked about Hill, the tight end, the uh, undrafted tight end, which I will say I expect four touchdowns from him this year. Um, that, that's one thing I want everybody to keep in mind. Our, our rookie undrafted tight end is going to have four touchdowns for us. Um, and one thing I didn't say to you, Jordan, but I definitely should have, is I want to see a list that does not have Jalen Phillips as a breakout, because I think that's boring at this point. Everybody yeah. knows Jalen Phillips is going to be a beast. I thought you told me to come up with breakout players that people weren't talking about. True, yes. Um, and, and I would say, because this show is the list, and because this is our first list, um, I decided to take Brandon Jones off, and we're making this the inaugural Brandon Jones breakout dolphin list. I love that. All right. So I know I mentioned Barrios earlier, but I'm going to start it out with someone we were, everybody was looking forward to seeing last year and they never played. Um, but who is one player that Mike McDaniel had that took the offense in San Francisco to another level? Debo I think you're going to tell me. Yeah, it was Debo Samuel. I think as we saw, we might have, it might be a discount version. It might be the Mr. Pip version of uh, Debo Samuel. I think we are going to see Easy E, Eric has a comma, play that role and have a huge part of a improved Dolphins offense. I've loved what I've seen from him this year. I loved what I saw from him last preseason, but he looks different. It's not the broken plays in the fourth quarter with Skylar Thompson. Now it's, I'm doing it with the main guys. Um, and that is someone I fully expect to see 
cement himself as our third wide receiver this year. And, and that's interesting what you said, because that was my first thought um, when you brought up Eric, is that I felt the same way about him last year. And we saw him shine in the preseason last year, but then it was, he doesn't really get a hold of the offense. He doesn't understand the offense. Um, he doesn't know many plays. Um, and then you see him come out this year and do and start to build on what he did last preseason. So I'd be interesting to see now heading into week one, how we feel he fits in this offense. Yeah, I definitely, that is definitely something, especially um, there's no way I like, I hate to be, sound like a homer, but there's no way he can't improve on what Trent Sherfield did last year. Is there like, he's no. gotta, he's gotta be able to at least match that. Um, who's another name that you have that we can think so of? So my first name and my top name on my list, and, and usually I like going five to one on lists, um, but I'm going to start at the top. Um, the breakout player for the Dolphins, that I think nobody is really talking about, who I look to take a jump from being, he's already viewed as a higher end player at his position, um, but I look for Alec Ingold to take another step forward and become one of the top fullbacks in the league. Um, I think that that was one of my favorite things that I saw McDaniel bring back. Um, it drove me crazy every year. It felt like since Lusaka Polite, we hadn't had a fullback on a roster for like four coaches. Um, and I think the little things that Ingold did uh, in the run game and in the short pass game uh, showed last year. And I look for him to take another step forward this year and be talked about kind of in that Kyle Juszczyk tier of tight end. So Alec Ingold, I look to become a superstar this year. I do like that pick, especially when you look at it. We just gave him an extension, and he was named captain this year too. Um, another name I'll give you that is kind of out of left field, but there's we always talk about Christian Wilkins, and we talk about Zach, Zach Seiler, Sealer. I heard it both ways. Um, Sealer has gotten the extension, which actually shocked me. I was all ready to be sad and lose him in the offseason. Um, hope we get Wilkins. Expect big things this year from Waquan Davis. Um, For sure. Of, everything you hear out of camp this year is he's finally got that pass rush. He hasn't shown since his freshman year in Bama when he was a beast and had, I believe, five and a half sacks, maybe more. But he was just getting after the quarterback, and we didn't see that. Um, he is already a little underrated. Um, it's funny, whenever Quan got hurt or is out of the lineup is when our defense plays the worst. But when he's in the lineup, you don't notice him because everybody else around him is so good in making plays. But whether it and was... He's a, he's a giant guy, and I think he just fills up gaps uh, better than people realize. I mean, like you said, he was, he was underrated when we drafted him. Uh, he was underrated early on. Uh, another thing that I look for when I'm picking these breakout players is guys who, whose contracts are up. Yeah. And Raekwon Davis's contract is up at the end of the year. And he just saw Zach Sealer get paid. He sees Christian Wilkins, who I'm under the impression uh, knows the figure he's going to be making next year. Um, a little hint there. Um, but I, I totally agree uh, that Raekwon could take an extra leap this year um, and really make our defensive line something for teams to worry. And rather it was just our, our own team practices or it was against – it was the joint practices. All you heard was him winning. Like, he was winning all his, all his battles. So that, to me, tells me he's ready to make the step. And he's, like you said, he's ready to make that big money. Um, it's probably not going to be with us um, that he gets that money. But 
I think we're going to get his best season this year. Yeah, and, and so we've gone two offensive guys. Uh, we've gone with a fullback as one of those offensive guys. We've gone with a defensive tackle. Um, and I'll, I'm going to switch it up here a little bit. Um, and, the, and my next breakout player for the Dolphins and somebody I expect to return to form um, is kicker Jason Sanders. Um, I, I think that Jason, uh, early in his career, I mean, he had a terrible 2019, he had an amazing 2020. Um, and the last two years, it seems like he's struggled. Um, he's another guy, like I talked about, about Raekwon, that at the end of the year, he has no dead money. We can get rid of him finally after this year. Um, and I, I could see Jason taking that step and returning to being a top five, top six kicker in the league. Yeah, that would be nice because, like, he got that extension. And ever since he got that extension, it's been downhill. Um, but, you know, sometimes all a kicker needs is just that extra boost of confidence. Uh, kickers, are, kickers are some of the funniest guys. They're either lights out, no worries, or you want to look between your eyes each, each time they're up there. Um, and I, I promise my last three players are real players. I promise. <laughs> I've given you a fullback and I've given you a kicker. I, I got I got a couple of real names here. Yeah. Um, another one out of left field. It's someone I mentioned earlier briefly, but ultimately the conversation all offseason is who's going to start at left guard, Eichenberg or Win. I think it's going to end up being long term this season, Lester Cotton. He I had no idea who he was until the Bills get the Bills playoff game. He came in and played really well. Um, he didn't get a snap this preseason because of injury. It got to the point where I actually thought we were holding him out because we thought he was that good. Um, but I'm encouraged by it. Um, and it's strange to say, but between Wynn and Eichenberg, Cotton is the one guy I think has the least amount of questions. Plus, on a team that's looking to start extending some key players, he's also the cheapest. Um, but I expect he's going to outperform that. So I'm going to say, again, it's a bold prediction. It's not for our bold predictions I want to do for the season, but I will say another bold Miami Dolphin prediction, Lester Cotton will take over the left guard spot by week five, and he will hold on to it all season. Wow. That's, that is definitely a bold one. Um, I'm going to stay at the same position group, and I'm not necessarily saying that this player is going to turn into a star. I mean, I said – Alec Ingold's going to turn into one of the top fullbacks in the league. I said Jason Sanders is going to return to being one of the best kickers in the league. Um, but I expect Kendall Lamb to be serviceable at left tackle. Um, he's a guy that he, he's a guy that's going to be asked to do a lot, um, especially when Armstead misses time. Um, and he's not somebody that I look for being a superstar. He's he's a guy I look to come in and just be decent, be solid, um, and, and protect to a um, and, and get us through until Armstead returns. So um, Kendall Lamb is my next name, just simply because I think he's going to be somebody uh, that we hopefully don't talk about. Um, and there's going to be a chance that in a week from now, when we jump back on this to review week one, there's a chance that already blows up in my face. Um, but I look for Kendall Lamb to hopefully surprise us. Yep. And uh, I just have one last one, and it's honestly another undrafted rookie. Um, it's Brandon Pilly. Like, how can you not like what you've seen from him? Um, it, 
getting another stout defensive tackle will take pressure off of Quan, but also allow Wilkins and Sealer to do what they do best and penetrate and get to the pass rusher, as well as let Phillips and Chubb also do what they do best. Um, it always seems like every year, our scout, the one thing you can't say Chris Greer does poorly is he all, it always seems like he finds a good on draft at free agent. And I think we were just talking about Hill the tight end earlier, but I think Pilly is going to be that one where everybody's like, where did he find this guy? Yeah. And Brandon, it, Brandon's a name on um, Pilly that, that I have here on my list. Um, well, like you said, every year it seems Greer finds that guy and, and the second we signed Pilly, I mean, you saw from the signing bonus we gave him when he signed as an undrafted free agent, it was obvious that this coaching staff saw him as a, as a rotational piece on this roster from the moment they picked him up. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting. I am excited for the season. Um, I did put bold prediction for the Finns or for the, for the NFL. I'm going to kind of modify this, uh, Jordan, I'm going to say your prediction for the records for the Dolphins and then a bold prediction. Um, for the Dolphins, I think we're a 12-win team. Um, I know this, everybody's... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I know everybody's and the national media is all over the Chargers. The Chargers, whether it's San Diego or LA, they've always been choke artists whenever the expectations are there. They choke. It's college fans call it Clemsoning. It's actually chargering for the NFL. Um, the Bills, I think, I've been calling for two years this year. They were they're going to start going. They're going to start regressing. They're still going to be tough this year. They're still going to be in contention for the division. But I just think as you start extending your core, you got to make tough decisions. And I think they're losing too many good pieces, especially on defense. Terrell Edmonds, um, Tremaine Edmonds, sorry, um, was a big loss, I think. I don't think they're going to be able to replace. Um, and to go along with my bold prediction, I don't buy the hype of the Jets. It's not because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best. I, they have too many questions on the offensive line for me. Like Garrett Taylor as a player, I do not like the rest of their offensive, their wide receivers at least. I like their running backs. If Garrett Bruce, Wilson. Yep, Garrett Wilson. Sorry, Garrett Taylor, Garrett Wilson. Um, I do like Garrett Wilson. I do like their running backs. Nathaniel Hackett is not a good offensive coordinator. He had two years. His best stint as an offensive coordinator was with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but he wasn't calling the plays. He called the plays in Buffalo, got fired. Called the plays in Jacksonville. Got fired. Became the head coach of Denver and called the plays. And we saw what happened with all that talent. I don't buy the Nathaniel Hackett hype. I don't think it was a good hire um, just to get Roger, Aaron Rodgers one of his, bull, his bros. Um, so my bullet prediction for the year, and this is one people can share with Jets fans. They can put me on blast. They can put me on their own list. They can put me on their version of Cuck Mountain. Often fans know what that is. Um, but not only do I not have the Jets making the playoffs, I have them finishing last in our division. Wow, that is, that is quite a bold prediction. Um, I, my bold prediction that I had to edit here as you were changing 
Um, and our pro football focus rankings, which we love so very much. Um, my bold prediction is that the Dolphins offensive line finishes in the top 15 in the league pro football focus rankings. Um, I think that we're going to take a step forward from a scheme standpoint. Um, and I think that we're going to, we're going to build some pieces and play a quick enough game um, that that offensive line doesn't become disastrous like it's been in the past. Um, so top 15 uh, for my bold prediction. Um, I also think the Jets are going to miss the playoffs. I think the Patriots might be a little worse um, as far as overall record standpoint, but I have the Jets missing the playoffs. Um, and I, then I have the Dolphins also. Um, it's not fun when we agree with each other, but I have the Dolphins winning 12 games. It's boring to agree, but at the same time, it's just if everything goes how like I'm, the only thing I think can hold us back is injuries. Yes, there are some concerns, but the injuries are the only thing that stop. And honestly, the only team I think's better than us on paper is the Chiefs. Yeah, and and right here crossed out um, in, in the bold predictions that I was making. I wanted to put, say Super Bowl. I wanted to say we're going to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, but my boldest prediction of the year. Um, is that the Miami Dolphins will go to Kansas City in the playoffs and will win a playoff game at Kansas City. I love it. And anybody who's listening, you can keep this down. And we will come back at the end of the year, and we will revisit revisit these predictions and see how well we are. We might even just have to, Jordan, we, when we do it, we might just have to be drinking while we do it just so we can have a little drunk fun with it because y'all, y'all always know predi- predictions always weigh off, and it's always fun to make fun to dunk on yourself when you're drinking. Are we going to take a, we're going to re-listen to our first episode at the end of the season and take a shot for every bad prediction we made? Yes, that I, I just came up with that on the spot and that sounds like a great idea. You just came up with that on the spot? Yep. Every single person just heard me say it. But you, oh, I meant, Brett, I meant, Brett, you got it. You came up with it. Everybody, I didn't mean it's, the shot it's Brett's idea. <laughs> it's going to be a fun season if you couldn't tell. <laughs> But do we have to add somebody to the list before we get off, or are we saving that? No, we're going to add it. And I was just going to say that. And the list is still on my Twitter. We'll have, we do have an official X or Twitter and Instagram page coming. We will have that shared later for everybody. And they will be able to go back and share this list. So you can go back and look and laugh at everybody on it. Um, also, because I just don't feel like going back and looking for it right now. Um, but we are adding someone. And today, Everybody's favorite, one of their favorite hot take merchants. Stephen A. Smith said this on the Tua Herbert comparison. And this Can is you tell us where he out. said it so we don't get sued? He said on first take. Okay, now continue. With the miniature size, how do you, how do you look at a guy like Justin Herbert, who can make every throw, who is six feet six, and think you're going to pass on that? You look at it and say, damn, that was a mistake. Jordan, why are, do you want to take this? So I have just two stats to give out. Just simple to me. And, and I think that people will agree with this. And the, the words of the great Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Uh, Tua, for his career as a starter, is 21 and 13. Justin Herbert, for his career as a starter, is 25 and 25. I am here to say that if Tua was 25 and 25 as a starter, meaning he needs to go 4 and 12 in his next 16 to be even with Justin Herbert, uh, Dolphin fans will be calling for Tua's head. And so that's first of all. 
And second of all, more importantly, the stat I love to look at with quarterbacks, especially when we're talking about winnings or, or winning quarterbacks, is their record in divisional games. Okay. Tua is seven and four against the Bills, the Patriots, and the Jets. Seven and four, including 0 and four against the Bills. Now, real Dolphin fans will tell you that the Patriots and the Jets are the Dolphins' two biggest rivals. Tua is 7-0 as a starter against the Dolphins' two biggest rivals. Justin Herbert is 8-10 against the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Raiders, his divisional teams. So, Herbert, 500 quarterback, under 500 against his division. Tua, over eight games over 500, three games over against his division, undefeated in rivalry games, Tua. Also tell me, uh, I believe only one of those quarterbacks won a national championship. I also believe, uh, don't get me wrong, did the Chargers make the playoffs last year? They did. They, they took the lead. Oh, yeah, that's team. right. They lost by, thir- or they blew a 24-point lead to the Jaguars. So, to me, if the Dolphins had a 24-point lead in a playoff game and blew that game, which I had the Jaguars' money line, so I'm very happy that the Chargers blew the lead. Um, I believe that Tua would not start another game for the Dolphins if he blew a lead like that in a playoff game. So, Stephen A. Smith, you could say what you want about Tua. I think the whole Tua-Herbert conversation is dead until one of them actually makes a push in the postseason. I think if they keep at the current trend that they're on, um, I... The, the debate's not even worth having. But once one of them wins a Super Bowl, or once one of them even make a Super Bowl, uh, I, I don't think the conversation even matters because you're just splitting hairs. You can say he's stick six. You can say he throws a beautiful ball. But that ne- that doesn't necessarily win. Being a quarterback is just as much as your fi- of your physical attributes as it is about how you lead the other 52 guys, the other 10 guys in your huddle. And I think Tua has shown time and time again since he stepped onto the field and threw that touchdown pass to the back corner for Alabama, uh, you, you can't deny that Tua is a winner. He's a certified winner. And, and if people can't see that, if Stephen A. can't see that, then he deserves to be on the list. Absolutely. And to go along with that, it wasn't that long ago. It was actually this offseason that uh, Herbert's own teammates were questioning his own leadership skills and saying he didn't take charge in that playoff game. Um, but yeah, long story short, as Jordan said, Stephen A., you just made the list. And Jordan, I believe that'll wrap up our first episode. Um, as Jordan said, next week we will be back. We will be reviewing the Dolphins game against the Chargers. Hopefully a win. I'm almost 100% certain it's a win. Oh, uh, come on. Uh, I've been trying to go this whole episode not guaranteeing victory. Not guarantee it. I said almost certain. Okay, I'll give you that. You win. Yeah, it's now. But Jordan, did you have any final thoughts you wanted to add before we hit the old dusty trail? No, I I just hope that the people listening to this, I hope they have as much fun as we do um, and as we did. Um, I think that this is going to be a fun ride as we go through the season, uh, talking about football, talking about other things, um, and and even going further than that. Uh, This this is just going to be fun. So I hope. People, while you're listening to this, um, I hope you appreciate us like we appreciate you and, and come back again. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Welcome to the list. And remember, 
We are watching. Zach, hit that music.